This is CliffCentral.com. It's Kupu. It's Kupu. Yours ain't banging like mine, no. Yo, what's up, guys? It's your girl, Gigi Lemayne, and you're tuned into The Unplugged Radio Show on Thursdays, right here on Cliff Central from 12 to 1 p.m., baby. Are you ready? Yeah, baby. Yeah, it's time for yet again another one of those absolutely fantastic days. Wow, guys, it's the shortest hour of the week. I say it every single time, and it certainly does prove to be real. It's really the shortest hour. Welcome to Unplugged and In Charge. You're listening to Weza Matomane. You can call me Weza, that guy. Always a great time to be here. Uh, always positivity in the studio. I always have positive people doing amazing positive things in the studio as well. And they're, of course, doing these great things to make South Africa, the continent, and the whole world a better place. And that's something that we all should do. You know, just uh, do the little that you can where you are. Shine your little light. And guess what? In no time, you know, we just start to see a brighter day because everybody's doing something to move us forward. And that's what's important. I'm hoping that you're having a great day. Uh, today's date is the, I think it's the 8th of February today. Uh, in case you're listening to this like years from now or something like that. Uh, it was a sunny day. There was a bit of clouds out here in, uh, in Morningside today. But it's a good day. No more or less it is. I walked into um, pick and pay today and it was low chilling. There was literally no light. It was dark. I had to look for my food in the dark there. It was crazy. People were walking through with phones trying to, you know, walk through the aisles. And, uh, you know, just as I got to the tills, they said, ah, the till just stopped working now. It's like, ah, South Africa. You know, I just had to leave the food there. So I might be a little bit hungry, but uh, alas, I, I did manage to grab a muffin on my way here. So I'm, 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 I'm okay. I'm okay. You know, something got me thinking. Last week we had Gil um, Oved here in the studio. Now, Gil Oved is the CEO or the co-CEO of the Creative Council. He's done so many amazing things. I mean, they built the Creative Council from the ground up. And then in about 2015, they sold it for more than a 100 million rand. So he's pretty rich, you know. <laughs> he's still working. But I mean, you know, he, he's doing quite well. And uh, and he had amazing lessons to, to share with us, uh, with, which is a series called Lessons from Legends. Now, we have a couple of these legends coming through a little bit later in the week. And, uh, and in fact, sometimes later on in uh, next month as well. And we'll, you know, we'll, we'll keep you updated with that series as it comes along because it's something absolutely amazing. Every now and again, I'm going to drop another one from the lessons, uh, that we, of course, can learn from these amazing, amazing legends. But something interesting caught my attention just observing him and that this is actually something Really, really fantastic that I think that we can all learn from in some way or the other. You know, there's, um, there's this thing that we, we always try to do maybe with our fam- family or those close to us. Uh, or in fact, when you go to on a date, let's say go on a date for the first time, you want this girl to think that you're amazing, right? So now you're there and you're thinking, I probably need to sum up everything great about myself and just tell her all the cool stuff and tell her what I've achieved. And, you know, you, you're thinking that's the way you can get to impress somebody. But sometimes, in fact, um, counterintuitively, all you need to do really is just sit there 
and observe and listen to them and ask them about themselves. When you show that you're very interested in someone else, they somehow just get this feeling of euphoria. You know, she'll walk away from that date saying, you're the best person she's ever met. And then her friends will be like, so tell me about, about him. And like, I don't actually know that much. All I know is that he's great, you know. And that's something sometimes that we can actually become these great people that we really want to be. Not always by our accolades or what we've done, but sometimes just by our listening ear. How much attention we pay when we are with people and what is our, the quality of energy that we give them when we are in their presence. Now, what I observed from Gil is this he he came in here man uh this man he, he's important right uh and nobody not a lot of people in the studio knew who he was but i did obviously uh cuz he's my guest he came in and he greeted me and we had a small little chat and as we were walking into studio he noticed somebody in the in the you know in the holding room and he's, he greeted hello and that person said hello and looked back down cuz that's more or less how things happen and then he said, how are you? And he stopped to listen. And the person was shocked, like, whoa, whoa, um, I'm fine, thanks. <laughs> but that's amazing that he actually had to stop to find out how you are doing. He doesn't even know you. But this is a, the judge of character, is it not? When you can, you know, um, take time from your busy schedule and just give that quality time to someone else to hear about them. He could have, you know, made it about noticing his presence. The CEO of the Creative Council is here. Everybody, quick. But instead of that, you know, he made it about the person. Whether the person is someone significant here at Cliff Central or maybe not. It didn't really matter to him. All that mattered is, hey, here's a human being and let me greet and let me be nice. Which is something that I guess we can all learn. In fact, the inverse is also true. What happens after you've listened to somebody and they think you're this amazing person, not because of what you said, but what you allowed them to say in your presence while you were giving your attentive ear. What happens after that is they say, okay, now enough about me. Tell me about you. Oh, great. Now they're going to listen to you. Instead of normally that conversation being both of us trying to um, talk over each other. Hey, I also did this. Oh, wow, that's cool. Cause I also did that and trying to impress each other. Rather just make it about the person. And today I'm going to make it about the people. I got some really amazing people with me in studio right here. I did say that we got great people who do great things. They're just positive energies, man. Now they're part of a, uh, an, uh, an organization called, uh, Sitanda. You know, you just have to say it with that, Real accent, like not sitanda, it is stand. You know what I mean? It's, it's almost like siatanda, sitanda lento sienzayo. It's, it's a, we love. That's pretty much what it is in Kosa. So we want to find out what exactly they love. What are they passionate about, these people? Who are they? What they've done and, uh, you know, how far they, they have come along in their journey as well. So, uh, we first up joined by Gareth. Gareth Ruttel. Uh, uh, Ruttel, how are you doing, Gareth? Yeah, good yourself. Fantastic, man. So, Gareth, before we go into Siatanda, tell us about yourself. We're going to make it about you today. <laughs> um, okay, cool. Um, so, my name is Gareth. I'm from born and bred Joburg. Mm -hmm. Stellenbosch boy for university. Um, 
come from an awesome family, never wanted for anything. Um, really blessed with my life and, and what I've been able to experience and do in my life. And um, yeah, we just came together with a couple of mates um, a while back and we just, we wanted to give back. We wanted to make it easier for people to give back and to give back to the community. Mm, wow, that's pretty cool. Now, what what sparks something like that? What sparks wanting to give back? Is it maybe growing up in a certain area where you seeing inequality around you, or you know what what sparked it for you and your mates? Uh, so for me, I, I was actually doing a um, degree through Gordon Institute of Business Science, and um, we were in a marketing. Uh, lecture and we had a fantastic um, lecturer that was you know giving a talk to us and what she really did um, kind of you know change my life and my view because she she made me realize that we all have the responsibility and the and the ability to make a difference in in our lives so you know we all know a lot of people know about all these injustices that are, are out there all these inequalities but we just don't know where to start we don't know how to start making a difference and how to give back I think at the core of Zitanda, our, our, like our intrinsic belief is that people do want to make a difference and they do want to give back. Um, they just often don't know how to, or or you know how how to start. Where where do you start? You know, um, and it was a frustration for me as well. And uh, you know, through that course, I kind of I kind of realized that it was up to me to make to make that a possibility. And then from there, it just evolved. We we came together, um, me and a couple of friends, and we just said, "Cool, let's let's create a platform that allows people to easily make a difference." Um, and you, you know, it just when you've got that feeling like you want to make a difference and you don't know how to, it's a very helpless feeling. Um, and yeah, we're just trying to make it more accessible and easier for people to give back. Mm. So at this time, you were still students at the at, at the uh, institute. And that's pretty much at the time that you guys wanted to start this, or was it after you graduated? Was completely a byproduct of that. I think that you know that compelled compelled us to to start to do something. It got us off our off our asses, mm-hmm. um, and just yeah, it, it gave us a calling. Uh, you know, there's a the, the old Spider Man saying, "With great power comes great responsibility." Yeah. and and I think it just hit us that we have the power to make the difference, um, and we needed to act on that. Wow. Yeah. Pretty cool. So this, this sparked all the way in Stellenbosch or? No, no, no. Yeah. Yeah. Was, all right. Yeah. Oh, so you, yeah. you moved to this side and that's where the, the education happened and that's where the, the spark started. Yeah. Now, um, it, it is not, never really an easy thing to, 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 you know, to just get started. Uh, usually what we all hear quite a lot is the word they or them. What I mean by that is, you know, you'd be sitting with your mates and they would say, you know, they should make a, 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 um, you know, a straw that has like, you know, electricity that can actually like turn your water into like juice as you drink it. Like That's there's a shocking always. idea. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, I just made a, a random example. No, but usually there's this they, they should do this. They should do that. You know, it would be so cool if they or if somebody came up with a cure for this or, you know, and, what do you have to say to that type of mindset versus what you just said about almost like being Spider-Man and realizing I've got the power. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, well, it's a tough one. I think, you know, that's a realization that people need to have. I think 
you know, the main reason why we wanted to come on here today is to sh- to to kind of get that message that you can do what you want, and you if you believe something and you and you dream something, just do it, just start. We didn't know what we were doing in the beginning. We just we started a, a Facebook page, I think it was, and, and we just started creating events and joining ninety four point seven and these little events with four or five of us, and just started trying to get our word out there and get get our our message out there, and it just kind of it evolves from there. there there's no there's no like aha moment where it's like boom here we go now we got a we got an awesome organization that's you know making a difference and building schools it wasn't like that it's that that's happened over the last three years and it's you know mm-hmm. it's getting traction now and that's the fantastic part to see but yes digging deep in the beginning and and kind of you know carrying on when when you don't see the results immediately you don't get the instant gratification um, that's where you got to push through yeah what does it take to make a really Rockin' NPO Like What does it take? So You know At the, at the core of us I think uh, we, We're trying to make it fun uh, A lot of our events we, We're trying to pull people together So from a From a um, Fundraising point of view We create these great events Where people come in um, They're often Sporting related uh, But we also do comedy nights We do a wide variety Of Of, um, of events And we try We try and make it fun We want people to come there Possibly even throughout the night, forget that they've actually, you know, just by being there, they've raised money, and actually making them realise that at the event, um, we've got Midmar coming up now. We've got seventy-five swimmers coming. Um, everyone's really excited. We're getting people to go out. You know, some people are on. Are, most of the guys are not athletes, but they're coming to be part of the Gears, part of a great weekend, meet some great people, um, and through the process, uh, we I think we've just we've, we're just on the seventy-five thousand rand mark now, and we're hoping to hit a hundred thousand by the weekend. Oh, fantastic! Wow, man. Um, so you you still you, you you like telling us half of what it takes, and then you know, then you don't tell us anymore. Someone like you, you <laughs> want to keep the recipe to yourself. <laughs> I, I'm asking because there's somebody listening right now who says, "I also want to make a difference." You know, I, I just like you said that a lot of people want to give and they want to give back. Some some want to join things, some want to start things. Um, should they start it alone? You mentioning we, who's we, you know, how many are you? How, how many were you at the beginning? Are you paying these people salaries? We want to know that deep stuff because it helps when I try to start my NPO to kind of have an idea of how these things work and up to what stage can you start, you know, thinking because there are people, you know, getting paid a salary is not never a bad thing. Um, especially if you get to pay, get a salary for doing what you love to do and for giving back and for making a big difference because a salary just means that you get to do that full time and that's your job now. Your job is to make people's dreams come true, you know, in a sense, which is a great thing. But how, like, if you, if it's three years into, into the NPO, does it get, does it ever get to a stage where you can say, some of my friends have quit their jobs and they're now working for the NPO? We've got that story. We've got that story. Wow. Yeah. Tell me about that okay. story. Cool. So I think just going back to the beginning, the, you know, one of the reasons why we started this is because we often felt like there wasn't enough transparency in, um, NGO work and relief mm. work. 
Um, you know, you give everyone's always asking for money, and you know, in any given day, you can get asked by 20 different organizations to give money. Mm-hmm. And where's that money going? You know, wh- how do you know where it's gone and wh- who it's benefited, or if it's gone to you know, really nice, rugged the entrance hall of the offices for the NGO? <laughs> you, you don't know. Um, so I think one of the things we've always tried to push from this in this from the beginning is is to have that transparency, um, to to keep people up to date. You know, our financials are, are, are an open book. Um, mm. In terms of the five of us, there's five of us that started it. Um, great, great uh, bunch of guys. We were mates from varsity, from uh, school, and started off as three of us: um, Ryan Tyke and Nick Braby. And then as we went, I think. I think it's fair to say that we inspired, you know, a lot of people to to jump on our train, and they they really got involved and uh, beyond the call of duty. Mm. Uh, and then Strath Hagerman and uh, Matthew Wickham joined us as well. Uh, Matthew uh, runs our Durban branch where we're actually building our ECD centers. Um, in terms of the five of us, none of us take a salary. We we don't believe that it's something that's on the on the books for us at the moment. Uh, we are employing people. Um, that are coming into the, you know, into the charity. I think one of the core, the core, like when I rest my head on a pillow at night, if I know there are so many great people out there, and if if I know that I'm creating, like you know, an, an NGO that's allowing for people to have their full time job as giving back, mm. then for me it's it's fantastic. Then then yeah. then Titanda is worth it from a self, from from a completely selfish point of view. So. Yeah, like you said now, I mean, I was, I was in um, Israel last year and there was a lady speaking and I think that's kind of where it hit me. There was a lady speaking. She was working for an NGO and her full-time job was to come into like the most remote parts of Africa and go and install borehole water for the people who had to walk miles to get water. Mm. And I saw how happy it made her. And if someone hadn't started that charity, she would probably be working corporate or something. Yeah. And now she can go and do every day she can go and make a difference. Absolutely. And that's what we want to do. We want to grow this thing. We want to get our 30, 40 schools out there, um, change the game in terms of providing a a great level of education to children, as well as being able to employ people who, who are genuinely so good in their hearts and can give back nonstop. Great. Now there you mentioned now some, some really important, you know, parts of this. And you also mentioned exactly what is necessary. You see, it's it's important to iron out those things in the beginning as you're starting so that you start with the right like-minded people when you're starting your NPO and you grow it in the right way so that there's no conflicts later on to say, why aren't we get paying? I thought we were going to... And, and, and you could say, no, 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 this is why we started it. This is our core and this is... We, how are we going to stick, stick, stay true to, you know, to our core beliefs, which is something quite fantastic. And then when you're also mentioning that, uh, now you can get to, you know, see other people live their dream, their dream. you know, exactly. which is, which means that it's, it's quite important that you begin with the end in mind, know that bigger picture. Like what, what type of contribution would you like to see people have because of, because of what you're doing for them? And that I think is something also quite remarkable as well. Yeah, and I think just sorry to to reinforce that one of our directors, Ryan, has actually uh, left work full time now, and uh, he's he's doing this 
uh, full time and he's yeah. he's helping us, you know, get so much traction out there. Obviously from our side, all of us are running this part time at the moment. Mm-hmm. So it's all after hours, late nights, uh, yeah. staff calls at, you know, late, late in the evenings, trying to keep this thing going forward. And there's, you know, there's so many people that come along in that journey just when you're running out of steam that mm. just come in and you can see the difference it makes and it just, it keeps you going. And, um, yeah, it's so great to see Ryan. You, you know, taking this with both hands and, and uh, you know, we all firmly believe that this is going, going to be something big. Um, and, you know, I, I wish for us and I wish for him that, that we can get the funding, uh, the corporate funding or the annuity funding, you know, in, in the near future where he can step into a, a, a permanent position mm-hmm. and it can make it make it, you know, part of who he is and what he does, because th- that is Ryan. Ryan gives back all the time. And now you're mentioning thing. something great there because. Uh, there's sometimes where the people who start the thing do run out of steam. You know, you, you're trying so hard, workers taxing, you start to f- start a family and things just, you know, are not as, uh, as they were, you know, three years ago when you started. And you're saying that it makes a big difference when a member of the community says, Hey, I, I've got about a month. I can help you guys for a month. And it just pushes you guys a lot further, even if they exit after a month, but it does do a huge um, deal of good. So Liz, mm-hmm. Liz came. She heard about our story. I don't know if you want to intro Liz quickly. Cool. <laughs> Le- yeah, let's uh, get get in with Liz. Liz, how are you doing? I'm well. How are you? Fantastic. So Liz, are you one of those good Samaritans that watched the ship from the side and said, "Hey, I want to join that ship"? Uh, it didn't exactly go that way. Um, I heard about Titanda through a friend who knows Gareth, um, and he told me all about Titanda. And I think that night, the minute I went onto all of their social media pages, I got so excited because immediately you can see the passion and enthusiasm that, um, that they run Titanda with. Um, and it was just, ever since I was young, it's been a, a great passion of mine to, to join a, a charity and NGO, just work for an NGO full time, um, because that's how I grew up. Um, my family owns a children's home for abandoned babies. Um, and it's just been a great passion. Um, so when I was approached by Sitanda, I jumped at the opportunity, especially because I just, uh, graduated. Oh, cool. So, um, I was looking for something to do. And, uh, I said to, I said to one of my friends, I said, it's impossible to work for an NGO because you know, there's just nothing out there. And all of a sudden this, this opportunity came up. Mm. Um, and it really is just one of my great passions. And yeah, so I'm just so, so blessed to be working with them. Fantastic. Tell us, what do you do for Siatanda? So I head up uh, there. Siatanda. Hey, Siatanda. me, I'm out here with my extra <laughs> remixes of Africa. Of course I am. Um, yeah, so I head up their, their public relations for them. Um, I've just joined them, I think, Two weeks ago, it's very recent. Um, but to see the passion and enthusiasm and chias, as the boys say, yes, um, Papa. <laughs> <laughs> it's just uh, awesome and incredible. And it's just something that you want to join in on. Um, and the minute that I went onto their social media pages, you could see immediately the difference between this new millennial NGO and, you know, just a back in the day kind of NGO um, yeah. and you can you can see how much of a difference social media and correct public relations can can make an impact on people um, and that did just just make such a big impact on me and that's how I wanted to get involved and that's one of the things I studied so 
Pretty good. What did you study and where? Um, I studied international relations and public relations um, at Monash so University. So we, we would have thought that you're going to become a politician or something close to that with international relations Absolutely and all. not. Mm-hmm. I don't think I would have ever become a politician. Yeah. Uh, the reason why I did public relations and international relations was to work for an NGO. Um, that's always been my goal. Wow. Um, so, yeah, I, originally I wanted to work for big international NGOs. <clears throat> Sorry. But I just think starting in your backyard is so much better than flying overseas. Sorry. Shame. Okay, cool. We understand. <laughs> Her voice is, you can have some water there um, while you relax. That's actually quite interesting that you had that from the beginning, from the onset. First year, you said, Dad, I already know what I want to do. I want to help people for a living. That's pretty much what I want to do. Because I know that there are people like that out there, but... They're often not convinced that people can make a living just by helping other people because they feel like if you give, 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 when do you, who pays you to give? And like, how do you keep alive? You know what I mean? So people are always thinking about those things saying, maybe you can't do it full time. You have to do it like as a side hustle. I mean, they would meet Gareth two years ago and say, you see, Gareth is even doing it part time. He's, you know what I mean? And say, Maybe these things are only part-time things. So it's really cool and encouraging to meet people like you who are not only doing this a full-time because it just kind of came across your way and you were not getting a job. So he's like, okay, I might as well just do this for some money. But instead, you did this for a purpose. You wanted to fill a gap in society. And these are the type of um, professions we would uh, we need around. We need people... Uh, let me just say these are the professionals we need in the professions. We need people who are there because they've always wanted to be there. They want to fill a gap. They're not there for an opportunity uh, or or in terms of I was just sitting at home and this thing came up and I would rather just do something than just sit at home. Because those type of people give a half-hearted effort. you know. But now when it's always been your passion, that's when you have the details, you go and do the research, you stay up a little bit later, you come a little earlier because you're passionate about it. It's a burning thing. And I'm sure there's so many people out there who've got burning uh you know, desires. There are things that they would really, really love to do. And they unfortunately never get to do them. But now you've taught us something interesting. And you said, it's important that you have set yourself up to do those things even from the onset. Don't think that your dream is going to come by accident and just run you over a road uh, while you were not looking. But you got to go find that car, you know, and say, hey, hey, I'm looking for that car. Come here. And then you, that's how you pretty much go. I think your voice is back. You wanted to say something. Um, yeah, I said, I was saying that I think it's great to start in your backyard, um, mine, South Africa, mm-hmm. um, rather than trying to find other things, other places. I mean, obviously other people are called to different things. Um, but I really do think that we as South Africans do have such, um, Social responsibility, um, and we've got so much social exclusion in our, in our country that, that can be addressed. Um, so I think it's great to start off in your backyard. Yeah. Mm. Fantastic stuff. Coming back to you, Gareth. Um, oh, in fact, both of you at the same time. Now that we 
kind of have an idea of who you are and how you guys pretty much formed this this uh, organization. Maybe we might ask a few questions still because it's always quite fascinating to hear how a well-oiled machine runs. You know, I'm very much interested in the engine because what I try to do here at the show is not only praise the car for moving, but we need to open up the engine, find out how you built the engine so that someone else can go and build an engine similar to this so that we can have more amazing people like yourselves moving great vehicles that are empowering other people out there. Kind of get the point? Cool. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, uh, forgive us for always peeping into your, into your bonnet. <laughs> cool. So let's talk about some of the exciting work that you have done. Three years in, tell us about some of the really great highlights. Okay, cool. So when we originally started, we didn't have a specific um, cause in mind. We were, we thought that, um, we were of the opinion that things would come our way. There's so much to be done and things will come and land on our, on our doorstep as we go. Um, and we can roll with those and we can create events around those, uh, those causes. Um, there's so many people that are doing great stuff in the community. So we weren't so much a cause ourselves as we were trying to support other causes. Um, Door of Hope was one of those, um, which is a fantastic cause out there. And they were busy trying to build a, a bigger school because, you know, their kids weren't going through. They weren't, they were, the adoptions were down and, um, you know, more, more and more kids were coming to the school. Mm. So they were getting bottlenecked and they now needed to actually increase and because they weren't, the kids weren't getting adopted wow. by, they were four or five. That, that's old. powerful. I, I don't know if people are thinking of those numbers. You know, we're thinking of petrols up. Interest rates, this. Yeah. Are we also thinking about the number that, hey, adoptions are down? Yo, that's powerful. Like, and, and, and I think there's a direct cause between like your economic, um, you know, situation and that mm-hmm. would directly affect how much, uh, how many people are, 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 um, adopting children. Yeah. And so we, what we would do is we'd create events and we would go out, raise funds, tell people about the fantastic work that these causes were doing. And then we would give them the money and help them to, you know, to make, carry on making the fantastic difference they were doing. And we did that for two years. And then at about, about 18 months ago, um, by, I don't know, God's plan or sheer luck, whatever, um, we heard about these, these, um, this couple called Doris and Bungani and they, uh, were based in the Valley of a Thousand Hills. Um, no funding, nothing. Basically, it, all the parents that were that lived in the area would come drop their kids off at at their little rondavel, and they would look after them during the day, uh, try clean them, try teach them good Christian values, um, try teach them how to read, just keep them busy basically until mm-hmm. the parents came home. I think they charged ten rand or twenty rand a month to have these kids there. And ten rand a month, yo, yo, cheapest school fees in the world, <laughs> yeah. yo. And, and that was their giving back. So that was wow. basically to pay for the for the helpers that they had there um, at the school. But they were funding the the feeding. They were trying to keep these kids healthy. Um, and anyway, just like we had that calling when we started the the um, MPO, we had the same calling there where we were like, we can't. You know, there's these other charities that have funding and they and they're getting by. And these guys are doing stuff with nothing, and mm. they're still giving their time and money and whatever what little they have. You know. To making a difference 
And then I think from then we we all looked at each other when we when we went to visit that place and we were just like, okay, this is this is what we're doing. Yeah. Um, and then we've just turned all of our focus and direction towards that. In the last eighteen months, we've been trying to raise funds for that. Um, we've built a school. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So what we've ended up doing there now is um, we've ended up building our own ECD center. Um, well, not our own, the community, an, an ECD center for the community. And, um, it's actually just made us hungrier. Uh, that school, that school opened in January and, um, we're hoping to roll out another nine of these schools by the end of next year. So, so it opened this January. Opened this January, yeah. And the crowd goes wild. <laughs> <laughs> wow, man, that is amazing. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we've managed to do that through building a, a really great ecosystem where we've got a lot of, uh, corporates on board, uh, all the suppliers from the guys who are building the school to, you know, other sustainable partners that are helping us grow the vegetables, um, put healthy food together. Uh, we're busy still trying to get out the kitchen. So we're looking for a kitchen supplier. Anyone knows someone? Give us a call. Yeah. And, um, you know, we're organizing our volunteer days there. Um, and there's just, we've developed a curriculum through this, through the school. So we're trying to teach these kids. And the, the main, the main premise is that if we can equip these kids in their early childhood, by the time they get to grade one, they can come in, you know, rocking out and, yeah. um, their chances of getting through the education system are just that much greater. Wow, man. How old are you now, Gareth? 27. 27. Yeah. This man is 27 years old. He built school, man. What you doing? What <laughs> you doing? Me, not me. She turned to build a school. Ah, uh, listen to that. are the most incredible people ever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that's, but, that's wise. But, that's wise. I, yeah. I think, I think this is, you know, really important, uh, an important thing that I want to emphasize is that that school was built almost entirely off individual contributions. So there was no major corporate that came in from the beginning um, to to fund that and just said, cool, here's a million bucks. Um, mm. That was raised over 18 months and and majority of that was from individuals. So, wow. you know, it's it's one thing to say, yeah, cool, we, we built a school and you tend to build a school, but it really is nothing without, you know, the people that, the have, people, that, that yeah. have joined and kind of been touched by the movement and joined along with it because if they weren't there, we wouldn't have anything. Mm. How much did you manage to raise? Uh, we've raised a little bit over a million a million rand. Um, that's what we've raised to date to to build the school. Mm. Um, and yeah, now we now we're in the the the, the more expensive part because yeah. now to keep this thing running, keep we've it got running, fantastic right? teachers there. Um, you know, we don't charge high school fees. That's not what this is about. It's mm. it's not a for profit school. Um, so we're trying to get as many partners on board to run this thing as as sustainably as we can. Um, so yeah, if there's anyone out there with any sort of plugins that could help us from textbooks to shelving to appliances, anything like, you know, it just makes it that much easier because then the money that we do raise can go towards paying teachers. Um, you know, we've got some corporates on board now that are actually, we've just had a teacher sponsored, which is fantastic. Mm. Uh, we've just got Wi-Fi because we want to start teaching the, the teachers and the, the t- caretakers how to, you know, how to use computers and we're building an IT room. So we try and upskill the community as much as possible. And yeah. within this model, we're trying to, you know, make it as much of an, e- I mean, we intentionally use the word ecosystem because we want to make it a self-sustainable. So when we come in, you know, from neutering the dogs and trying to, you know, clean up the surroundings around the school to educating the parents on how they need to feed their children when they're not at school in addition to us feeding them at school that's that's what we're trying to do so this is we're trying to take it beyond the walls of the ecd center Mm. 
This is amazing, man. Wow. And that that's making a difference right there. It's not yeah. just, you know, in, um, in a small way, but you're trying to really be as detailed as you can in, in you know, filling that gap, which is something really, really inspiring. Wow, guys, my goodness. <laughs> Yo, tell me now, when it comes to some of those individual contributions, you know, sometimes a person thinks, Yo, you guys are trying to raise a million yeah, I don't even have a million. I can't give you guys a million. What what were some of those donations? What did they look like? Let's not talk about the big ones, the small ones. So, so that I, because I, what I'm trying to get to here is, um, you know, trying to help people see how small, uh, how, how small a contribution can be to make a huge impact like that. So we've got a variety of different uh, means that we can collect from Zappa, SnapScan, um, mm. Give and Gain. PayPal. Um, so for Midmar, just to use a recent example, um, and the person will be getting a, some sort of prize for it, but we got a donation of 10 Rand. Mm. And we love that. We love yeah. the fact that uh, I actually spoke to them afterwards and it was just a test to see that the money was going through, that it was the right account. Okay. But it, I think it, it just, it kind of, you know, th- there's an important lesson in that is that you can donate 10 Rand. Mm. And that 10 Rand for us goes towards whether it's one, one child's uh, lunch for, you know, next week. It, yeah, it's going to that. Or even if it just bought that one brick, you see that the brick number hundred and seventy-five for that classroom. That was that ten bucks, man. You yeah. know, what I mean? so yeah. it's 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 special. It's special. Yeah. So that that million rand that we've kind of raised over the last eighteen months, there's no there's no one big. It's not like there was a seven hundred and fifty k payment and then a couple mm. smallish twenty k's. It was fifty bucks, hundred wow. bucks, two hundred. 500 yeah uh, occasional 5000 by some very you know giving yeah. individuals but that's yeah. how it and it took time it took time and yeah. you know now we're really excited that we've got this kind of showroom school where we can actually showcase what we've been trying to do for the last 18 months and mm. we're hoping that we're going to catch the eye of of some some guys out there that do have the means to kind of come in and and really help us upscale this because there's at the end of the day there's 5.4 million children in that 18 to to five-year-old category that don't have access to their basic human rights of early childhood development Mm. and it is the most critical um you know phase of your development as an individual and Mm. to try catch it up later when someone's struggling in grade one or two and they're not making their grades to try rectify that missed opportunity is far more costly than just getting it right in the in the beginning yeah you're very right i mean i remember from my um childhood days you know uh, I was in those African schools with those big Afrikaans boys and you, you, I don't know why I'm growing so small and I'm growing slowly and I felt so malnutritioned and undernourished. <laughs> and, and it, it sometimes has to do with, um, getting the basics right from the beginning, right? Yeah. Because it's, it's more than just your physical body that, that develops. It's, it's your mind. It's, it's all those things and it's also, Coming with a healthy mind and a you know just a healthy body to to school helps you focus a little bit longer and you you start to do better you you know and when you do better obviously now your life becomes better because you open certain doors and opportunities for yourself because of the fact that you know um, you you've got better grades and things like that so in fact what you guys are doing is creating a ripple effect and in, over time you won't even be able to measure the impact that you have. You, you know, that you have, um, started, uh, because back then it looked like it was just a school for a few kids, but then 
what happens at those kids' homes and their cousins and, you know, that we can't measure how big the ripple effect goes. You know, it's interesting because you can literally drop a penny uh, in, in the middle of the ocean and maybe after like a month, a small little wave will, will hit the, you know, let's say it, it'll, it'll hit the shores of, of Miami. That little wave was actually you, but, but, you know, you can't see that, you, you know, but, but we've definitely been able to see that even in a, a little pond that your little drop eventually goes and becomes so huge that it's, you know, it's, it's as big as, you know, you can see it from far, but that's because it's still standing water and you, you can see, you know, but I think the same type of impact happens in the world. And when you change someone's course of life, everything changes and it becomes this ripple effect that you might not even be able to trace back, but somehow some good ends up coming back your way because of the good stuff that you guys did back when you did it. Really great guys. So, um, Liz, you, you part of the, uh, the marketing team. Tell us how are you marketing this, uh, these absolutely amazing people, this great vehicle. We've had a look at their bonnet and we've also had a look at their, their, their tracks now, where they've driven and everything. Tell us about how you make sure that people know that this car exists. Well, I think our number one focus is on social media. Yeah. How can we get you? <clears throat> so on Facebook, uh, we are Sitanda. Mm-hmm. Should I spell it out? No, okay. Yeah, yeah. You can go for it. S-I-T-H-A-N-D-A. I was double checking you there just to make sure that, you know, you're not getting it wrong. I was reading your shirt while you were <laughs> Cool. Sitanda Uplifting Projects on Facebook. Um, yeah. So... We've just recently uh, done a, a promo video for our, our Mid Mal Mal, mm-hmm. um, which is which was so great, and it just turned out so wonderfully. Mm. Um, some people from Fire Productions came and helped us with this, um, so that's on all of our um, on our social media pages, um, which is also linked to our YouTube page. That's a slow that we're getting that up slowly but surely. Mm-hmm. Um, and Instagram, we are Cetanda underscore up. Yeah. Um, and same on Twitter. Yeah. Sitanda underscore up. Um, I just think there's just so much you can do nowadays mm, with, true. with social media and with filming and with, um, photography in general and just to create a, a, a great viewing of inside Sitanda, inside whatever business. Um, but mm. yeah, uh, for Sitanda, you just, you can just see the great work that they're doing. Fantastic. All right. So we can already see that promo video on, um, on your Facebook and so on. Mm-hmm. Great. Who did the voiceover? So yeah. there were three, three uh-huh. people. Uh, no, four. four. It was Gareth, uh, Rattle, uh-huh. Yoa Basson, uh, Strath Hagerman and Regan, yeah. Regan. Cool. So some of the guys that started the, the organization are actually also, you know, pr- involved in the production of it as well. Pretty cool, guys. Yeah. Wow, man. And it could not have been easy, I'm sure. I mean, this this whole journey has never been easy, but uh, there, there's been a couple of really great moments. I call it the yeah, ne moment. <laughs> what was the yeah, ne moment for you, Gareth? Yo, uh, that's, I think that that's, uh, there's not one that sticks out for me. Uh-huh. I think there's so, there's so many great things that uh, had selfishly this – this journey has changed my life. Mm-hmm. Um, it's changed the way that, that I perceive life and the way that I want to live it and the individuals that I've met along the way. Um, 
So I, I think it would be impossible for me to kind of narrow that down to yeah. to one individual moment. Um, this I'm sitting on Cliff Central, man. <laughs> like, it's cool. It's yeah. cool. I think you know it. It's it's so exciting, and um, every day there's something that's uh, that's changing it for yeah. us. You know. Um, and that's making me even hungrier to do more and wow. and to keep going. It's it's not a chore. It's not a yeah, chore. Fantastic. Liz, what is your yeah, nah moment when you're like, wow, okay, I haven't been here long, but this is cool. Yeah, I haven't been here long um, at all. But I think just meeting the boys with, I mean, who would have thought five, five young boys uh, starting an NGO would be possible? Um, and just with so much passion, um, as Gareth said, it's not a chore. It's just something that he absolutely loves. Um, so just meeting, just meeting all of them and just seeing their passion, just seeing their love, um, and their hard work. Um, I feel like I've got a lot to live up to because they just work so hard and with, um, with such a lot of love. Yeah. yeah. So it's just really great to be surrounded by. By such great people fantastic stuff all right guys any last words wrapping up the hour as i did say is the shortest hour in the week it's already over can you believe it <laughs> so yeah. um last words maybe gareth uh you can just wrap it up for us yeah cool man i think from from my side if you were like us and you don't know where where to start but you know you want to start making a difference um that's what standard was started for so get in contact with us we'll plug you in whether it's into a community project or into a fundraising initiative or into anything it, it doesn't matter we'll find a place for you um that's a good start and if that means that you know from there you go and you end up starting your own one absolutely fantastic that'll you know that makes our heart happy absolutely fantastic well just like that guys it's the shortest hour of the week and it ends yet again of course uh, as you heard start with where you are with what you have and if you don't have anything, then find someone who does and do something there and just get involved. You know, there are people out there who are making the world a better place and uh, you can do your part as well. Even if it's a small part, even if it's just 10 bucks, you want to be brick number 155 right there in that classroom. It's the Unplugged and Inchard Show. Thank you very much for tuning in. We out. This is CliffCentral.com.